0: The following message is from the North Shore Christian Centre MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Centre is available at www.nscc.org.au. One of my goals this year is to help you enjoy a blessed life. How many of you think that's a great goal? See, this year is the year of blessing. I really believe that as I was praying to God about 2014... God said, declare it a year of blessing, a year of favor, a year of abundance, a year of the outpouring of God upon his people. And so how many of you want that? Huh? How many of you want 2014 to be a year of misery? How many of you want it to be a year of blessing? Okay, we're on side here. That helps. So, so what I want to do is, is throughout this year is to help you enjoy the blessing. That I really believe is yours. So, uh, so let's read this scripture together and then I want to talk a little bit about defining what blessing is because I think if you don't define what it is then you don't know when you have it and, uh, and you get confused about what you're praying for. Here it is, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who will bless us. Is that what it says? Does it say who will bless us with every spiritual blessing? How many, how many of your Bibles say who will bless us, who might bless us? Does your Bible say who will or maybe? What, is, what does your Bible say? Has. Has. What does that mean? That means it's already been declared. It's already there. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ Christ. Who has already blessed us with a few spiritual blessings? Is that what your Bible says? A few? Is that what your Bible says? Some? So <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> so what does your Bible say? Every. every. How many does every include? Every. All, of All of it. With every spiritual blessing. Who has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing. You're saying, I, I, that does not compute with me. Because I, I, I don't see it. Well, whether you see it or not doesn't change the fact that it's a reality. So the reality is that God's already blessed you with every spiritual blessing. But the problem is that we haven't appropriated what's already ours. Or the problem is we don't know how to appropriate it. Or the problem is that we're trying to appropriate the wrong things. But the Bible is God's word and it says that God has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing. And it's because of the heavenly places in Christ that it's been declared. It's already been declared in heaven. It's just there. It's, it's already there. It's already been paid for. The check has been written. It's been credited to your account. It's there in the heavenly places in Christ. So let's, let's unpack this. How many of you want unpack, to have this unpacked this morning? On the front row, I love that, John. So let's, let's see if we can define what a blessed life is. Can we do, try to define it just a little bit this morning? Because I'm not convinced that we really define a blessed life well. See, if your definition of a blessed life is nothing ever goes wrong for you, then you'll never live a blessed life because the Bible actually promises Christians that things will go wrong. You say, what? The Bible says that in this life we will have tribulation. John 16, verse 33. It's a promise. You say, but I don't want that promise. It's a fact. So can you still be blessed and have tribulation? It's like, no, that does not compute. See, in James chapter 1, it says, Consider it all joy, brethren, when you encounter various trials. So, 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 so what? Trials and tribulations are part of a blessed life? Yes. You say, well, I've come to the wrong church. I want, I want one of those prosperity churches that say that God will make me rich and God will make me wealthy and God will make me healthy and that's all there is to it. Well, find me a church where that's the reality. Find me a church where people have that reality. Ther- I know churches that preach that and when people are sick, they don't go to church. When people are going through a hard time, they don't go to church. When they ought to be going to church the most when they're sick and they go to a hard time, they're out of it because they think that they're failures. They think they're not having a blessed life when they encounter trials and tribulations. So what? We can encounter trials and tribulations in a blessed life? Yes. Well, well, how can that be a blessing? Here it is. Get hold of this because God is with you. That's where the blessing is, is the presence of God. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you're right your staff. They comfort me. When I'm going through it, God's with me. That's the blessing. That's the blessing. The blessing is that God's not only with you, but God's going to help you. That's the blessing. See, the blessing that you have is that every trial, every tribulation has a use-by date. Everybody say a use-by date. When you get into a trial, when you get into a tribulation, your blessing is this isn't going to last forever. It's got a beginning. It's got an end. That's my blessing. and I'm hanging on to the blessing that this has got an end. And while I'm going through it, my God is not going to leave me. He's not going to forsake me. He's not going to abandon me. He's going to hold me. He's going to be with me through it all. That's the blessing that I have upon my life. Let me try to redefine it again for you. Let's talk about protection for a little while. This is one of those subjects that has baffled me for years. And I was praying about this and I was saying, Lord, you know, I mean, reveal to me about protection. When you promise that you'll protect and bad things happen How does that all work? Because I get confused about that as a pastor. How many of you are confused about that as well? Three of you. Well, I'm not going to talk about it then if it's only three because then I'm introducing confusion where you don't have confusion. And so that's okay. The three of you see me after and I'll explain it to you. No, you want want me to move into this, don't you? I felt the Lord say, my, my promise to you is this. I won't protect you always. From what other people choose to do. Because then I'd be interfering with free will. But my protection is over the evil one. And the plans that Satan has for your life. That's what I will protect you from. Because I, how many of you know that the Bible talks to, talks to us about the blessing of God. is about God protecting us from the evil one. many of you know the lord's prayer introduces this prayer of protection from the evil one and so i know this that satan has schemes and plans that are evil against you and against me and god blocks them off god blocks them off god protects us from the evil one but he can't protect well not he can't he, he chooses not to always interfere with the plans that other people have because there's free will. We live in this planet where someone can get drunk and someone can spot someone down the street and do a coward's hit and knock them out and kill them. And you say, well, well, that, that man was not blessed. That's, see, that's, that's, that's a wrong concept. Or that man was more evil than anybody else and that's why that was allowed. See, that, that's a wrong concept. What happens in life is that people make choices. Because they have free will, and sometimes those choices can interfere in your life. I, I mean, one of the sad things that happened a few years ago was one of my friends was on holidays, and this was yesterday was the anniversary, and he was driving to Byron Bay, and uh, he lost control of his car through through some horrible accident. The car rolled and his two little girls got killed. And that, that happened 11 years ago. Little girls got killed. He's a pastor. He said, but, but didn't they plead the blood? Didn't they ask for protection? Yeah, they pleaded the blood and the blood protected them from the evil one. But it doesn't necessarily always mean that bad things don't happen to good people out of the circumstances of life and the bad decisions that we make. So that's, so that's my theology of protection, is that God can intervene, and sometimes, as God can heal. But you know, sometimes we do get sick, and sometimes God chooses to intervene, and break into the natural world, and other times he says, no, this one here, I just want you to go through it. My grace is sufficient for you. It is so easy to make blanket statements over everything. It is so easy to have pet answers. But the problem is that when people are in the midst of their trial and the pet answer doesn't work, what do you do? This is what you do. You hang on to the fact that you're hanging on to that ride and God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's the blessing that you have and I will protect you from the schemes of the evil one that I will guarantee you but I won't necessarily always protect you from the free will decisions that others make in your life does that help anybody man we haven't even got into the message yet this is just the intro this is just the intro it means that God will open up opportunities this is what blessing means that God will open up opportunities for you that wouldn't have necessarily come your way had you not been blessed so, so God will intervene and open up opportunities and you will have windows open for you and doors open for you and opportunities open for you that would have been closed for you had you not walked into the blessing of God. So God will make things available to you. You will be favoured. You will be honoured. You will have him do amazing things for you. How exciting is that? Huh? And for you single ladies, don't you think for one minute that God is not the perfect gentleman for you. You look at men opening doors for their lovely brides, but God says, I'll open a door for you that no man can shut. He's the perfect gentleman. He'll open doors for you. He's already done so. He will continue doing so. He's the perfect gentleman for you. And it will be a door of blessing, a door of opportunity. So hang on to that. Amen? Amen. Okay. So let's let's have a look at what the Bible says about blessing. Because I'm laying a foundation for the whole year. So you guys are great. I'm so thrilled that you're here. Those that are not here need to listen to this on tape or listen to it. It's not tape anymore. Tape. Listen to it on what? What, On on social media. MP3. Podcast. Whatever. Somehow communication. Just have a look at the notes on the overhead projector, please. What the Bible says about blessing. I'm going to be 55 this year, folks. Just... Be easy on. I know that I look 65, but uh, but 55 this year. Here it goes. What the Bible says about blessing, number one, God has already blessed you in Christ. That's what the Bible says, that you're already blessed. I want everybody to say, I'm already blessed. On one condition, that you're in Christ. Because there's a very clear differentiation between being in Christ and being out of Christ so can I give you a good definition of blessing matter of fact the Italians have got a good understanding of blessing because the Italian word for blessing is benedire and the Italian word for curse is maledire and so you've got Two words that connect together. So to bless is benedire. Bene means good. Dide means sane. So in Italian, if you bless someone, you speak well of them. To curse is to maledire. Is it the same in Spanish? Maledire is to speak bad of someone. And so as soon as you start speaking bad about someone, you're cursing them. How many of you know that that puts a whole different slant to gossip? hello as soon as you start gossiping you're actually cursing somebody (laughs) oh no i didn't think it was that bad no huh come on you're either speaking well of them or you're speaking bad of them and if you're speaking well of them you're blessing them if you're speaking bad of them you're cursing them how many of you want god to speak well of you and so here it is in heaven God says, I have already blessed you. In other words, I've already spoken well of you. And God's words are creative. So when God created this universe, he used his words and spoke the world into being. Let there be light. And there was. Let there be division. Between the sky and the earth. And there was. So God's words are creative. Now God made us in his image and our words are creative. How many of you understand that what we speak creates something in our world? And so it's so important to speak well of your children. Come on. I don't know how many parents have picked me up when I speak well of their children. Oh, no, don't say that to them because you'll make their heads swell. Oh, you, 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 you know, you, you'll make them too big for their boots. And I'm thinking, that's probably the kid's problem, that you don't speak well of them enough. You can't overspeak well of people. You can't overdo this business of speaking well. Huh? Do you, how, how many husbands have we got here? How many of your husbands want their wives to flourish? Ah, well, let me tell you the secret of a flourishing wife. Tell her how beautiful she is. Tell her how wonderful she is. Speak life into her. There you go. All the husbands are getting cuddly. I love that. And and ladies, don't say, oh, no. Don't do that. This is what your response is thank you. Ah, you weren't expecting that, were you? You can leave the bow out. No. But don't leave out the thank you. Come on. Don't don't get so caught up in the culture that's so wrong. When your words are so powerful, just determine that in in your house, you're going to speak well. And so create a house of blessing because everybody is speaking well. If, if, if you have siblings, if there's children in the house, make sure that they get the culture of, you know what, we speak well. We bless. We don't curse in this house. We don't call our little brother an idiot because that's actually cursing them. But he is. want to change that yes i do we'll change your words change the way you speak you know with some of you seriously because it's a generational sin it's a generational thing that's been passed on someone needs to break it someone needs to stand up in the midst of all these generations that could have gone back hundreds of years maggie All these years, it could have gone back. But there's a new generation that says, we will not behave like our predecessors. We are going to be the beginning of a new race. A new race of people that speak well, that bless. Why is that? Because we want our children to be blessed. We want our grandchildren to be blessed. We want our great-grandchildren to be blessed. We want them to look back and say, who changed this business in our generational line? And they go back and say, That person did. They're blessed and the blessing flows. Can you get hold of this? This is the life of blessing. Blessing. And those of you that are in Christ are blessed. Can I speak just for a moment to those of you that are not yet in Christ? See, if you're here this morning, you're on a journey. And I love the fact that you're here. I really do. And you know what? God's been on your case. And so, you know, you might have, someone put you in a headlock and dragged you to church this morning. I don't know who you are or what, 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 whatever the case. But I just know God's agenda for you is to get you into a place where he can bless you. That's God's agenda for you. And, and so it, part of the journey is crossing this line. And the line is, out of Christ and in Christ. So out of Christ, I'm sorry... But there's still sin in your life that's unresolved. In Christ, sin is dealt with. It's resolved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, how wonderful it is to have your past resolved how wonderful it is to walk through life knowing that there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who no longer walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit how wonderful it is to have your sins forgiven how wonderful it is to have them separated from you as far as the east is from the west and that is the blessing of being in Christ that the curse is broken And freedom is yours. Can anybody say amen to that? So Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 tells us that those who are in Christ have been released from the curse of the law. The curse of the law. See, the curse is this, where when Satan starts speaking negative words about us, there's no defense because we're out of Christ and, and that's the truth. So when Satan starts saying, this, this is the way that it used to be before I was in Christ, John Giuliano is a sinner. And there's no response in heaven because the truth is, John Giuliano is a sinner. John Giuliano is going to die in his sin. John Giuliano is going to be separated from God for eternity. There's no response. That's the truth. But when I became in Christ, stepped over that line... As soon as, as the enemy started to say words like, John Juliano is a sinner. Jesus is fed up. No, he's not. He is in Christ. He is dead to sin. He's alive to me. His sins have been removed from him as far as the east is from the west. Bang, there's life. There's blessing. John Giuliano is going to hell forever. No, he's not. He's been destined as one of the chosen ones to live in heaven with me forever and ever. His name is in the book of life. He will rule and reign with me. He will sit on a throne by my side forever and ever. Wow. How many of you want that sort of defense in heaven? That's what it means to have the curse broken and you being in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. And if you're not in Christ... Before you leave this service today, make sure that you do. And I'll tell you in a few minutes how to do that. Now, this is what happens is not only have we been released from the curse, but then we've been given the blessing and the Bible calls it, the blessing of Abraham, the special blessing, the blessing of Abraham. So so let, let's read it together in Galatians chapter 3, because we just need to get the word of God deep in our spirits. It says this, Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, that it is written, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might Come upon us, Gentiles, in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So the curse is broken and the blessing has come. Then the Bible calls it the blessing of Abraham. So the question is well, what's the blessing of Abraham? Well, if you want the answer to that question, you need to go to Genesis. And in Genesis chapter 12, this is what God says to Abraham. He says, Abraham, I've chosen you to be Father Abraham, the beginning of a new race of people. Not only only the Jewish race, but the faith race. And this is where, when we have it in the New Testament, Father Abraham becomes our father, the Gentile father as well. And the blessing of Abraham now rests upon us. And what's the blessing of Abraham? Here it is, get hold of this. I'm blessing you that you might become a blessing. Get hold of it, please. You need to get hold of this. Because the blessing of Abraham is not a selfish blessing, but a magnanimous blessing, a generous blessing. And it goes on, that in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So our calling to be blessed is that the blessing might flow in us and through us. That everyone that comes into contact with us will be blessed. So let's get this whole message of prosperity in line. Come on, let me deal with this for a few moments. Because the message of prosperity has been hijacked. And I, I, I want to put it into biblical balance because you can either be poor or prosperous you can either live in poverty or prosperity but you know what it's got nothing to do with how much you have the definition of poverty and prosperity has got nothing to do with how much you have you say what's it got to do with here it is you ready for it it's to do with how much you give away and so it doesn't matter how much you have, if you don't give anything away, you are poor. And it doesn't matter how much you have, if you give it away, you're prosperous. So, so in the world's eyes, your bank account can be very, very small, but if you're a generous, generous person, you're prosperous. Why? Because prosperity is seen in how much you give away, not how much you have. See, a poor person it's all about me and my needs and it's all about me having see i've met people that that are supposedly millionaires on paper but live like paupers and it's all about me 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 i need to pay my bills i need to and so whatever they have is all for them it's all self consumed just like a poor man whatever whatever a poor man has it's all for himself it's all consumed but then i've got people that have influenced my life like my mother Who's on a pension? My mum is a pensioner. But she is one of the most prosperous people that I know. She's always giving. Always. Always giving. And I look at her and I am amazed at the blessing of God that's upon her life. Because of her generosity of heart. Always giving. And because she's always giving, it always keeps coming back to her. Always. Her cupboards are always full. The fridge is always full. You go into the house. Her garden is like the Garden of Eden. I'm not kidding you. Her cucumbers are the biggest in the street. Her tomatoes are the ripest, the reddest, the juiciest. There's just there's the blessing. She's like the house of Obed-Edom. Just the blessing of God falls upon it. Why? Because this pensioner lady has learned that prosperity is not about how much you have, but how much you give. And do you know what as a church we have? applied that principle and so and so as a church we decided a long time ago isn't that Helen that we weren't going to look at how much money we had in the bank before we could be given before we could give us because we didn't have any money in the bank we had mortgage to pay for we had bills to pay for but we started to give and because we are giving church we're a prosperous church and God's been able to bless us based on our generosity. And you know what God says, if you're going to be generous, I'll always give to you. I'll always make sure that your generosity can be applied. So if if you're going to withhold for yourself, I'm telling you, that'll block the blessing of God quicker than you can say Jack Robinson. But as soon as you start giving out, understand that the blessing that God wants upon your life is the blessing of Abraham, that through you, the families of the earth will be blessed, that you will be blessed in order for you to be a blessing. And I'm telling you, that is just incredibly awesome. You know what? I've only just got through my introduction today. But you know what? There's next week, and then there's the week after, and then there's the week after that, and then there's next month, and then there's month after, and there's next year, and the year after. I'm here to stay, folks. And and not only am I here to stay, I'm here to take you to where God wants you to be. Just blessed. Just incredibly, beautifully, wonderfully blessed. Can I get back to, as Liz comes up, to where I, I was at a few moments ago? Remember, I was talking about in Christ. Because let me tell you, this is the beginning of all blessings to be in Christ. How many of you are in Christ? Huh? Because that's where the spiritual blessings are, in the heavenly places in Christ. You know, if you weren't able to just put up your hand really fast because you don't know, well, let me tell you very quickly this morning how to get into Christ. Because it's, it's the focal point. Seriously. The whole, the whole focal point of the Bible, the whole focal point of everything is this before Christ, in Christ. And then what happens to you afterwards. And to get to cross this line is just so important. It's so important that all of history was divided by his coming. So when we talk about 2014, we're talking about 2014 AD, Domino, after the coming of Christ. So he divided history. Even people that don't believe, and they're trying to change the dates because they want to remove Christ out of history. You can't do it. It's already happened. He's the central figure in the history of man. Jesus Christ, the central figure in the history of humanity. And he came on this planet to bless you, to take away your sins and give you a hope and a future. How amazing is that? How amazing is that? It's not just to remove your past, but to give you a future, to give you a hope and a future. It's not just about what you've done wrong. It's about a new way of living. It's a new way of doing life, God's way. You say, well, what what, what must I do? Well, look, it's really, really simple. It's not difficult. But it's only simple to those who are open to receive the Holy Spirit. Only open to those that are ready to receive. And so it starts with humility. That's where it starts. The beginning point of this whole journey starts with humility. I'm sorry if you're filled with pride and you can save yourself, go and try. You will fail. I'm telling you now. But I want to. That's all the religions of this world is all about how you, through your own goodness, can save yourself. But not Christianity. That's where Christianity stands Alone, Because Christianity says it's not about your goodness, it's about his goodness. It's not about what you do, it's about what he's done. And what did he do? He paid the penalty for your sins. He paid the penalty for all of your mistakes. Because in God's eyes, sin is deserving of death. And so this is what Jesus did. He paid the penalty. He died upon the cross in your place and in my place. Jesus loved you so much that he was willing to die in your place. And you know what a humble person does? A humble person admits that they've made mistakes. And a humble person is willing to say, thank you, Jesus, that you died in my place. Then the third thing that you need to do is this, is to say, because you died in my place, I'm willing to live for you. If you were willing to do that for me, then this is what I'm willing to do for you. Now, you can't do that before you accept him. You do it afterwards. Afterwards, you say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he says, this is the obedient life that I want you to do. This is the journey that I want you to take. And so then God remaps your course. He remaps your life according to his purpose according to his plan and purpose for life. No, you don't continue going the same way that you've gone because the way that you went was the life of sin and destruction. You come into a new way of doing life and it's a life led by the Spirit of God, a life that's just just so open to him and what a beautiful life that is. And I want to say to you that the maximized life is the life that's lived according to the will of God. Why is that? Because God's love for you is so big that he'll only show you how to maximize your life. He will never minimize it or cause your life to be little and small. He'll maximize your life. You can live the biggest life possible for you and your gifts and your calling when you connect with God. And that's God's blessing for your life. So here it is. Let me summarize. It's as simple as A, B, C. A, admit that you've made mistakes. Can you do that? Who can admit? Give me, a, give me a wave. If you can admit you've made mistakes, that's awesome. B, believe that Jesus died on the cross in your place, paying the penalty for your sins, and on the third day rose from the dead. Who can believe that? Can you believe that? And here it is. C, confess him as your Lord and Savior. And what that means is this. Through confession of him as Lord and Savior, you follow him for the rest of your life. If you're willing to do that last bit, confess Him as your Lord and Savior, then you're ready to be saved today, ready to be in Christ. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Center Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials.